0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 163. I feel like we've been in the 60s forever. It's only been three episodes deep. Damn. (laughs) Okay, welcome back. We have a lot to discuss because a lot has taken place the past few days since the last episode. And let's start with abortion. Let's start with that little thing, you flush down the toilet because of your inconvenience. Let's start with that. Um, uh, ooh, that sounds judgy. No. Um, it's a joke, but it's not. So I am days from a heated debate that I had with a college friend of mine. And I'm actually happy that um the debate happened. but also, I feel like, at what point do you just say no? At what point do you just be like, you know what? I'm not going to engage in this debate with you. Feel how you feel. I'm going to go about my day. Like, at what point? Anyway. Um, but I like how it ended, though. So mm, let's start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. So I, you know, with all of the recent events that have taken place with Roe versus Wade potentially being overturned. Um, this has caused, of of course, a lot of controversy and a lot of uproar because of, you know, pro choicers feeling like this is an invasion of women's rights. Um, men should not speak on a woman's body. But you know what's so funny about that is I I came across a post that said, well, the same men who did put in place Roe versus Wade, (laughs) <laughs> like, the same people who did put that in place are men. So, like, regardless, it's going to be men either saying yay or nay. Like, th- there's more men in um in power in that type of sphere who's going to be able to push things forward or not. So, that whole, like, line, is it's kind of getting old. We got to get a new one. And I'm saying we because I remember, like, when I was a pro-choicer, that's what I would – Preach as well, like you know, if you don't want to get an abortion, then you don't get an abortion, like get it, you know. And now that I have completely made a whole drastic ass 180, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of like cringing. I'm cringing at the rhetoric that I'm seeing when it comes to this topic. Um, so of course it's like it's more acceptable and it's it's taboo. Actually, it's taboo to be pro-life, and it's more acceptable to say, "Hey, choose what you want with your, with you know whatever you want to consider is growing inside of you," and so you're seen as a woman hater, um, w- one who doesn't care about women's rights for being on the side of pro-life. It's just so it's so like twisted. This whole world is so twisted. So anyway, as a pro-lifer now, you know, since I've had my red pill, I guess, (laughs) um, I cringe at all of these takes that I've been seeing or that I have been seeing um, like a few days ago. And what strikes me as odd is oftentimes pro-choicers will use the valid reason or valid justification why, one may pursue abortion in the case of rape, in the case of incest, um, and even in the case of medical concerns that may result in the mother or child's life being at risk if an abortion is not done. Like, those extreme cases make sense as to why an abortion is sought out, of course. like That's not even... Um, not understandable. Now, even with the case of, like, abortion, of incest, like, it's still tricky waters, too, because you think about, like, you know, of course that horrible, heinous act of one violating you sexually and all the way around and now resulting into you having to foster in your body a child that you did not want unnecessarily planned for um so that is that's tricky waters right but then now the question comes up of well that child sh- should that child's life now be terminated because of that right like if you choose to not raise that child um then sure that's that's your choice but should that child's n- life now be able a ab- what's that word? Abilirated? Oblique? Oh, I hate that word, but it's such a good word, but I have a hard time pronouncing it. But should that child's life be uh, terminated, basically, if they're a result of rape? You know, like, I can't, you know, I'm not going to judge the decision that is made on that, you know, in that circumstance. Um, I think that is obviously a sensitive one. And if you're not, if you're literally not the woman who has been violated and, and a result of that violation is now pregnant, is now with child, then I really, there's nothing for me to say. Like, I can't really speak to that. Whatever you choose to do, I, my heart goes out to you either way because I think it's difficult both ways. Now, um, aside from that though, I think it is too common for that reason to be used as to why abortion should be um, uh, like pushed forward as an agenda. Now, it doesn't mean that rape isn't as common, unfortunately as it is. like it doesn't mean that women aren't sometimes at risk of being rape victims. Um, you know, again, I don't like to speak that. I don't like to speak negative, right? I don't like to speak, like, victim consciousness type of rhetoric. Like, I hate that type of speech. Like I don't even, like, I don't listen to the, to the statistics. I don't listen to, well, you know, you come up out of the hood. That means you really might die by the age of 18. Like, I don't like stuff like that because I think it just – it, it um infiltrates your mind into thinking and believing that doom is on its way and there is no way of getting out of it, so you might as well just succumb to the doom. That's how I really feel about statistics and all of this, like, woe is me type of speech. And again, I'm not saying this in a way to diminish the reality of of rape uh like peering in dark alleys or not in dark alleys you know oftentimes rape is done by someone you know you know by a close family friend or by a close family member so that's not even the case but i think though um the media has a way of making you believe that you are just you are just going to experience doom all day every day And I'm here to tell you that is not true. Like, I'm here to tell you that is a lie, that is a myth, that is a lie sent from hell. And I think when we start to distance ourselves from the media, from the news, from even, like, certain, like, Instagram posts, like, just social media platforms that push out negative algorithm about people who look like you then you'll start to believe and walk in the power that you are you know there's this um statistic now that black women are more likely to die from giving birth they are more they are more likely to die from being in labor from giving birth from Um, Just having just extreme complications in pregnancy. And so the best choice for black women in particular is not even for any other type of women. It's not for Hispanics, not for Indian, not for Asians, for black women only. The best choice, because, hey, you might die if you give birth. The best choice is to just go ahead and kill the baby before it even becomes an issue for you. And... What I hate about that rhetoric is that, what the fuck are y'all talking about? Like, why all of a sudden, black women are seen as the ones to to be most at risk of child birthing, huh? Why is it that black women can't give birth anymore when we've been doing this for centuries, okay? When our ancestors have been doing this naturally? with no epidural, with no extra stuff, just, like, a help with a doula and positive thoughts. Like, literally. <laughs> and they've given birth, and the mother has been plentiful and well-fed. well, well fed. Breasts are voluptuous. Baby is healthy and fed. Like, this is in us. Like, we are designed to do this, especially black women. So now this this speech of black women not being able to survive from childbirth okay why is this being said like you know what i mean like just like sit down and think about that and so now when you have this rhetoric which is being pushed out pretty often you are now going to believe well hey you know if I get pregnant, it's better for me to kill the baby because I'm just going to die when I give birth, right? Like, I might as well not even believe that I'm capable, that my body that God has given me, um, that God has designed for me to uh, deliver this, uh, use as a vehicle to, you know, increase the next generation. Like, it's just so crazy to me how the news paints this very victim consciousness mindset for black women. And I'm just here to tell you this is not true. Now, don't get me wrong. There are cases, of course, when there have been cases when black women have been more, um, just more negatively affected by pregnancy, by just complications with that, and... I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, that's true. But then, like, we paint, we put a lot of focus on that, right? But what if, like, I'm sure there are white women who are going through very complicated pregnancies as well, right? Like, it's not just a black woman only thing. Like, what is it about us that is making us unable to naturally carry our child? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, and so. And, again, I'm not discounting the actual cases of black women who have had complicated pregnancies. Like, we've heard stories, right? We've heard of Serena uh, Williams being an example of, of a woman who is black who had a complicated pregnancy. And, look, I get that, but I also feel like black women can't be the only type of women. Like, this can't be just for us. Why? Why is that? Tell me why. Dr. Schmuggifog, tell me why. Like, I don't know. I just, again, I just don't like believing the negative news. Not to say that it's not always true. It's not always true, but not to say that there are not cases in which the news is okay relevant for this case, for this person. And I just gave the example of Serena Williams, but. It just doesn't mean that every black woman is subjected to to dying. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> like there are plenty of black women I know who did not have complicated pregnancies from what I know, right? Like I don't know their intricate medical details, but from what I know, there are plenty of black women who who did it just right and who was able to do it again and again and again. So this whole idea that black women are more at risk than any other group, I'm just not going to buy it. And I feel like we have to stop watching the news. We have to stop. And it's not even just the news, y'all. Like you would think that, oh, well, I just got to stop watching, you know, Sunday night news on HBCC. Um, no, it's infiltrating everywhere. It's in Twitter. Like when I'm on my Twitter feed and I see a lot of tweets being retweeted of black maternal deaths and black women not being able to to deliver a child without any complications. And this is infiltrating everything. Like it's on Instagram, it's everywhere. So, I don't know, you just have to guard your heart, guard guard what you see, um, guard your Instagram feed, your Twitter feed, because ultimately, if you are liking different posts and different videos that uplifts this type of negative rhetoric about black women and what we are naturally supposed to be able to do, because God has designed us to do this, Um, then we're believing the negative height rather than stepping into the power that God has given us to step into. Um, So yeah, this is like one of the reasons why a lot of pro-choicers will be for abortion because they will use this excuse of, well, black women have maternal risk and it's better for them to abort than give birth. So I'm here to tell you that is a lie. Now, there was, um, so I'm seeing a lot of posts about this, about just being pro-choice, pro-abortion, and just being against of this potential overturn of Roe versus Wade. Now, what's interesting about this news is that this was a leak, Allegedly, right? This was a leak. How was this information even brought to our attention? Because this was not something that we should have known until the decision was actually made. So of course, this leak is going to bring about just discord, um, tension, and it's going to make more chaos ensue in this world that we live in because depending on what side you fall in you're going to be at odds with someone who is obviously on the other side and who is so so just staunch in their opinions on what they believe to be the the needed outcome so anyway i'm seeing a lot of social media posts of Some of my followers, well, everyone who I follow, not everyone, but those who I do follow, um, are posting pro-choice social media posts, and I'm just, like, cringing every time I'm watching it, right? So I am, like, not seeing... I literally don't see anyone talking about pro-life. Like, literally nobody fucking says anything. And you know what's so funny is that I follow, this is one influencer I follow who is a Christian woman. She is definitely a Christian woman. She professes God and what she does. Like, it is not a joke. She's not, like, overly religious, but, like, she is obviously a follow-up God. Like, she talks about God. She references the Bible, and she just lives a re- regular life like everyone, but, like, she, you could tell that she loves God, right? And... Um, there's nothing I see from her talking about pro choice. I mean pro life. Like there's nothing from her, from her feed that is showing support of supporting life. And it it's it uh disappoints me because you're vocal about everything else, right? Like you're vocal about, you know, Black Lives Mattering, which is, you know, now a farce. <laughs> And I know we're not supposed to like Candace Owens. I know. I <laughs> I know. I get it. I get it. She's a coon. She's a I, I get it. But there's <laughs> something came up on my feed and it was her saying she started off her video talking about the black community owes her an apology. <laughs> Basically because we know Black Lives Matter, the organization, is now definitely a, a fraud. Like, all of the the activists, you know, Patrice Cullors and Alicia Garza, all of them have presented themselves to be fraudulent activists. And, you know, Sean King also as well. Like, these people who present themselves as, like, you know, Uplifting Black lives and you know denouncing cops and yada yada yada. Yet they are taking money and profiting off of the lives, the dead, um, the dead who were killed by you know white supremacist cops. But they're profiting off of it, gathering and requesting money and getting money from the public in support of this cause. But, like, what are you doing with this money? Like, why are we even giving you money? Which I don't understand why people were giving money in the first place. But neither here nor there, um, Candace almost was like, (laughs) y'all owe me an apology. (laughs) She's right. Hello. I know we're Nancy Bosch like Candace because we're black and we're not. I get it. I get it. She's an easy scapegoat. But that right there, I do agree with her. Like, okay. She was right. Not and she wasn't the only one who, you know, was against BLM. Um, but from what she's saying in, in that specific video, <laughs> I do agree that Black Lives needs to apologize to her. Apologize to Candace Owens. Anyway, so I don't see any influencers talking about pro-life. I don't see anybody saying that. But what I do see is a complete opposite. I do see, hey, if you want to kill the baby, go ahead and kill the baby. I do see a lot of that. So I think it's so funny how, might be funny, I think it's actually sad that we're in a world where this is just, it's, it's used as a euphemism. You know, abortion is used as a euphemism. If you really give it the, give, if you really call it what the fuck it is, then maybe you wouldn't be so comfortable to say, oh, I'm pro-choice. Maybe you'll recognize, hey, what I'm an advocate for is not okay. Like, I don't hear anyone really saying it for what it is. Now, when I would listen to certain podcasts, there was one podcast in particular that I listened to, he was like, you know, men always feel like, I don't know, you know, I feel like I can't speak on this issue because I'm not a woman. And I get that, but I also feel like that sucks too for men, you know? Well, particularly if you are with a woman who, you know, who you impregnated and you feel like you have no sex I think that sucks too. But anyway, there's this guy that I listened to, he was saying how, you know, three months should be the max, like, after three months, you sh- there should be no, no way, it should not be legal for you to be able to abort your child, legally at least, right, you know, if whatever you choose to do with your body at that point, illegally, that's up to you, which is still wrong, but legally, this should not be acceptable, and I feel like that is at least fair, but I don't even hear that from anyone on social media. Like, I don't even hear anyone even saying that, at least. Like, hey, I'm pro choice, but up until a certain point. So I think it's just weird how, where, like, even that right there should be reasonable um, explanation or a reasonable stance, yet. That right there is not even said, like, and if you even dare to say I'm pro-life, you're immediately labeled as a Republican, and God forbid you're a a black Republican, then you're a coon. It's like, why can't I just be Maxine? Huh? Why can't I just, like, really realize what the fuck is going on and say, hey, abortion is euphemism for killing why can't I just say that? So but you know, so I just think it's very interesting. Anyway, I posted Instagram post talking about like, you know, I think it's I I gave that there's an emoji face on iPhone that's like, it's like this squiggly face, like <laughs> that sound made you realize what I was talking about. But it's like this like <laughs> face where like your face is squiggly. You know, your eyes are kind of bent and your, your, your mouth is squiggly. Anyway, I use that emoji and I said, you know, y- y'all in these takes on abortion. And I said, how it's weird. How, when I have having honest conversations about the cavalier nature of abortion, you know, and P.S. I'm not talking about, um, you know, having abortion due to rape or incest. You know those extreme cases. I'm I'm talking about when abortion is done very cavalierly, um, in the sense of you know, hey, this is inconveniencing me right now. You know, I'm in the middle of my career and I'm just reaching the next point of my career and I, I can't I can't have a baby right now. And then, boom, you kill that life. Um, The other example of, you know, just, like, selfish reasons, ultimately. Or, anyway, so I, I was saying that, like, we don't have those real honest conversations. Like, how come we're not talking about just the cavalier nature in which abortion is had amongst, like, within this culture that we're in? Like, that is not everyone who gets an abortion is not because they were raped. Like, shut the fuck up. It's not always that. I promise you it's not always that. I promise you it's not always that. Like, not everyone at this Planned Parenthood was raped and is with child now because of that rape and wants to kill that baby because of that. like, That's not the reason. It's because, oh, Papa decided to leave, you know, or, hey, you know, I thought I had enough money for this child, but I don't like it's for these other reasons that we think is justifiable enough, but it's not yet is being used as a reason. And yet these reasons aren't extreme, like rape and, you know, incest and cases like that. So anyway, I posted that someone who I went to college with uh, responded to me and she was like, you know, and what's wrong with that? That's what she said. She was like, "And what's wrong with that?" Basically, I'm like, "What's wrong with what?" Because <laughs> if you're, if I, if you're asking me what I think you're asking me, this is already a fucked up conversation. But let's let's go ahead and go there because I'm always teetering the line of do I engage or do I educate, right? And ultimately, when I go into conversations like this, I try to wear the hat of I'm not going to convince you, like, I'm not trying to convince you, like, I'm not trying to convert you, like, I never was really like that, like, even when I was, like, super, like, gun-ho Christian at one point, I still don't believe in, like, evangelizing, like, to be honest, I really feel like I'm not going to tell you what to do with your soul, like, I if you choose to follow God, then that's your choice. Like I, I was very pro-choice with that. Like, cause I just feel like it's invasive as well. Like, I can't push that on you. And I remember times when I did try to push God on people, I just melt a lot of aggression. And I just didn't have the heart for that. Like, I don't have to. Like, I don't want to have to deal with like. You always coming up against me and trying to debunk my belief system, and you telling me I'm, you know, I'm praising the white male. I just don't want to hear that. Are you coming to church every Sunday with me or not? Like, I just didn't want to hear that. So I just immediately. Just put down the hat of evangelism. It's just not for me. Like, I'm not here to evangelize to you. If if you are curious about God, cool. I invite you to church. Like, I, that was at one point in my life. Now it's like, I'm not even. <laughs> you do what you want. <laughs> you do what you want. Okay? Anyway, where was I? So she asked me that question, and she's like, you know, what's the problem with that? And what she was saying was, like, what's the problem with a cavalier abortion? You know, what is the issue with a cavalier abortion? And I read this question, and I'm like, okay, how can I, like, answer this without being hasty, right? Like, what's the best way to, you know, and I was trying to think about, like, how can I still say what I'm going to say without being harsh or whatever? So we went down this like, this whole conversation pool, really debate. But it ended up – it ended well, I think. I mean, <laughs> we, stood, we stood staunchly on our particular side. So, like, <laughs> I didn't, like, convince her. She didn't convince me otherwise. It just was what it was. But anyway, what I said to her was that, like – You know, just the lack of consideration for the life that you have inside of you is what is making this a sad case. You know, I think we are so quick to think selfishly in this world and of our lives that We forget that, hey, the life that we are carrying, because that is what God has created us to do. Like, whether you agree with being a woman or not, this is our special power. Like, this is what separates us from men. You know, there is still that difference in gender, but this is what separates us. And I feel like when we're still thinking about self and not thinking about the life in us, that is just the very starting point of just sadness for me. Like, that is incredibly sad. Like, how how are you so quick to just dismiss this separate life? Like, it's not all about you. It's not all about, like, oh, this baby is inconveniencing me right now. Like, oh, you know, my life is in the way, is not the picture-perfect story that I wanted it to be before I had a baby, so I can't have this baby right now. Like, all of that should have been considered, yada, yada, yada. Um, she went on to say like, you know, sometimes women are in situations where the condom broke, you know, birth control isn't a hundred percent foolproof and all these like excuses that I feel like are often excuses used by accidental pregnancies. Like, okay, well, okay. And, and so what? Okay. The condom broke and you're pregnant. Okay, like, what What does that have to do with now the best choice is to kill the child? Is this too harsh for y'all? Like, should to change the topic? But ultimately, I just feel like, and then I was telling her, like, in those circumstances, I think the best way to look at it is to change your mindset. Like, if you look at something has a burden, you're going to see it as the only option is to abort, abort mission. But instead, look at it as a blessing. Like, I think, you know, especially for women who you know, maybe conceiving is not as easy or um, maybe they never thought of themselves as a mother and now God blessed them with this child. Like, I just feel like it's an opportunity to just embrace this blessing and not see it as a burden. So, yeah, I'll, the way I speak is very kind of woo-woo and woo-woo-woo-woo-woo <laughs> Sinclair, right? But I think ultimately that is just the route to living right. (laughs) I really do. I think it's just the way to approach things. If you look at it negatively, then it's going to be negative, right? Like if you decide from the beginning that this is, this accident is always going to be a mistake. I'm never going to find the beauty in it. I never wanted it in the first place. Then, okay. Like it's going to feel like a choice of, I have no other choice but to abort. And I just feel like, We have to get to a place in our society where we feel like this is not an option. And I think in circumstances when we feel a lack of support, that is really a cultural thing. Like we shouldn't have to kill a life or take the opportunity of life from a child, from a baby, just because of our perception of life, just because of our idea of what the life will be like for that child. I think we're, we're so quick to put on this like negative idea of life and just to speak this negativity. And typically, you know, what you speak is what will happen. And if you speak death upon your child, literally, Right. If you decide to abort the child, or if you speak, just death hasn't like you'll never amount to nothing. Your life is gonna be trash. You're just gonna be just like your ancient daddy. Like all of that bleeds into their identity, and there they of course will adopt that and become exactly what you have said for them to become. So, all in all, I think when we change our mindset about something. It will be either a blessing or a curse. And when we realize the power in our words, the power in our thoughts, then we will realize hey, this cavalier attitude that we have a that we have about abortion is actually definitely demonic. It's giving demonic and it's giving just a way to just um attack. Black babies, black communities, more and more. We don't see enough fertility clinics in black populated communities. Yet we see a lot of Planned Parenthoods. But in white populated communities, there are uh, fraternity, (laughs) fraternity, fertility clinics available. There are community centers. There, there is more resources that uplift life. In these communities but yet in underprivileged underserved communities there are more opportunities to seek death right there's Planned Parenthood there's just different and I hate the whole like well Planned Parenthood isn't always abortion yes the fuck it is I get it. You could get birth control from there. You could get your, you know, your pap smear from there. I get that, but no one's going to the fucking hospital Memorial Herman, to get an abortion. Like shut the fuck up. Like you're not meeting your doctor there. I remember when I was talking to, I was debating this with my with a former friend, and I said that very point. Like, <laughs> no one. <laughs> is going to an actual hospital to get a legalized abortion. No one's fucking doing that. You get, you go down the street. You go in the alley. You go to a Planned Parenthood. That is the only place that really is um, nurturing in that sense. And in, I was just very, like, very clear on that. And um, she was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm like, yeah, bitch, I know the fuck I'm right. The fuck? She's like, oh, i trying to make a point, but you don't make no fucking sense. Oh, anyway, I'm still annoyed with that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so and then I was saying how so I, my former college – well, she's still my friend, but um, from college, that's where our friendship began. But anyway, I was speaking of two different conversations. Though. <laughs> what I was just saying um, about me speaking that fact that no one's going to a planned parent – no one's going to an actual hospital to get an abortion. I was having that little bit of conversation – in part of with my with a former friend of mine, anyway, so I was saying this and um, what else did I say? I was saying how basically uh yeah they, I don't know, it was just so long ago at this point at this point, do what the fuck you want like I don't even care like I just think we need to live in a world where I'm not attacked for speaking life like what the fuck (laughs) i just feel like we need to live in a world where i'm not attacked for uplifting life hello i'm attacked because i want to protect the baby oh i'm attacked because i'm telling you hey the baby's inconveniencing you right now, so you want to get an abortion? I should applaud you for like, I'm attacked. Like, doesn't that even sound crazy? Like, hello, hey, wake up. Just so off. So yeah, I was just saying all that to her. Um, ugh, I don't it was just so exhausting, honestly. When I extend that type of energy. I, I need a I need a day to just un, unpack and that's literally what it took me. It took me a day to unpack and I, I I'm good. Like so me talking about it now is not as fresh in my mind and I'm not rereading those those DMs on Instagram from her from our exchange because at this point I've let it go. <laughs> so but yeah, like when I engage in conversations like that which I don't do often, but what what I'm going to do, what I've always done is speak my fucking mind. Like, I'm never going to shy away from saying how I feel, even if my speech and my stance is is going to be the minority or it sounded like it's going to be the minority, right? Because it's so much more acceptable to say, uh, kill the baby, don't save the baby. Like it's just so weird. But I'm I'm gonna make my point clear because more of us, I need to hear other people like me in the spaces that I'm in to be comfortable enough within themselves. Cause that's really ultimately what it is. It's not about being comfortable enough with another person, but being comfortable within yourself to say what you want. To not feel shy, to not feel withdrawn, to not feel like whatever, like whatever that bullshit ass insecurity is, speak your fucking mind, speak your truth, don't feel like you have to be bullied into speaking a certain speech in order to feel accepted by, fuck this group, (laughs) I think that's why I'm more of a loner, because I'm usually the one always speaking up the contrary position, like I'm... Fuck this! No, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I'm not getting a shot, <laughs> and I don't want to wear my mask. Like, what the fuck? It, it, you know, if you if you're of the one who is you know speaking like that, then you're gonna be seen as this outlier and yada. Okay, then just be that. Like, just be that outlier with me. Like. Shay, I'm tired of carrying this torch. (laughs) Call me a Republican. Call me whatever it is. But ultimately, I will never not say anything. Does that make sense? Like, I will always speak up. I will always speak my speech. This has always just been me. This has always been Maxine. And so... (laughs) This has gotten me here (laughs) this far in life. And it just is what God made me. Literally, God built this. Like, literally, God built this. Like, this is who I am. So anything less is not of God. So I just have to be the beacon of life, Um, the beacon of life and the beacon of light, Um, the truth teller, all of that. So, yeah. Anyway, again, abortion is just a euphemism. Uh young thug said something recently, and I'm going to look at what he said verbatim. Cause I've been hearing it discussed. Um, uh, what he say? Um, poor people shouldn't have babies. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find the verb, uh, just the words specifically, you know, verbatim. So he said young thug, if you guys kn- don't know him, he's his rapper. This black rapper who is he has locks in his hair. He's kinda like, I don't even know if he's bi. I think something is a little he's he's a little different. Anyway, you've heard his music. I'm just gonna read what he what he said rather than play a video. Cause I can't I don't have time for that. Anyway, so he says here, God needs to set some rules thugger said into the camera we need new rules we need a new oath if you dead broke if you a broke ass nigga you should not be able to you should not be able to okay this is a different part of the of the comment but let's let's go off you should not be able to not you're oh, okay you're bringing poor kids into this world fuck nigga okay you're making niggas rob and kill and steal because you're running around with no type of career, no nothing. Now your kid's growing up wanting shit. Your kid's growing up looking at Thug and his gang. And let's see. When you ain't got nothing, don't work for nothing, don't have a future, you've got to adjust to whatever a nigga do for you, he began. You want, you can't want top-tier situations and you... And you're the bottom of the barrel. Bitches be dead broke. Wanting a Birkin. Where the hell you gonna put the Birkin at? (laughs) That is a funny line. Where the hell you gonna put the Birkin at, sis? Um, Okay. So this has sparked some conversations in the podcast world. And I want to give my two cents on this as well. Now, he's not all the way wrong. Let's start there. He's not all the way wrong. What I do, you know, people don't be saying things, like, very, like, um, like, very, like, politically correct. So it may not be received well enough for the next person, but what I'm gathering from his words is if you're not – I don't know like if you're not stable enough right if you don't have a plan if you don't have a goal if you're not um well uh, what is it well motivated if you're not determined right if you're just kind of like a bum like not even just you know it's not about like having fancy cars or whatever but if you're just a bum you don't you don't really care about your life and you probably leech off of others. Then it's not a good idea to bring forth life. Now, what makes this comment tricky is that he keeps on, like, preaching specifically uh, poor kids. You know, you're bringing poor kids into this world. Now, what's what's problematic with that is it's not the kid's fault for being poor, um, the kid should not be put into this box because of that. But, you know, sometimes we live in a world where that is put against you. I get that, I get that. But I think ultimately what he's saying is that if you're not trying to create the best life for your child, why bring a child into this world? Uh, I get that, but I also feel like When is the right time? You know, like, I think, like, you know, sometimes we have this, like, broke mindset, this poor mindset, and we think that, oh, until I have $90,000 coming in yearly, until I have a three-, four-bedroom home, until I have a pool in the backyard, that is the perfect time to To have a child. And that's just not how life is. Like, you can't really be meticulous when it comes to that, you know, as best as you can. And I feel like there have been so many great examples of <clears throat> kids who grew up in poverty um, and who grew up just in disenfranchised situations yet turned out to be very successful, very well-mannered, very motivated, very influential, positively influential people. You know, think about Malcolm X. He grew up in in just the mud. And yet he, you know, became this positive influence upon black lives, just upon America overall. So when we discount the positive impact a poor kid could have in this world, then we're just doing ourselves a disservice. Like it's it's not fair to that child who wasn't given a chance, a fair chance in this world, to then take away the opportunity of life for that child. And say, hey, well, you you probably ain't gonna be shit anyway, so you might as well just get aborted, right? Like (laughs) you know, it it, you know, it pushes more of this like pro choice argument, pro abortion, pro-death argument, because now you're justifying why it's better to 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 choose death than it is to choose life. And you're using the excuse of the circumstance. You know, your circumstance right now may not be the most favorable, but it's life. Like, I think people don't recognize how precious life is. And I get it. When you're in just a hard upbringing, um, it may feel like hell, Um. But there's a lot of dead people who would love to be alive right now. I'm saying this respectfully, you know, to all the spirits out there. But, like, there's a lot of dead people who would possess bodies of the living, you know, whenever there's an opening for that. (laughs) You know what I mean by that? Like, you know, whenever we as living beings try to just knock on death's door and be like, hey, I just want to talk to my dead aunt. And next thing you know, you open a portal. Now that portal is an access point in which a dead spirit could infiltrate and live in your body, and habitat in your body. Because dead people want to be alive, right? Now, I don't know if it's all dead people. Like, I don't know. I don't know if, like, if you're dead, but you're in heaven, you know maybe you don't really have a desire to be in the body of a living person because you're now in paradise like i think that's i think that's an exception right i feel like that's different but if you're in purgatory if you you know you made it to hell <laughs> you're going to figure out how can i get in this living body how can i infiltrate the lives of the living so much so that I could find a way to possess this body. Anyway, I've seen all that to say it is not favorable to be dead. It's not. Like, it's not this thing that people aspire to do. So f- for us to live in a world where we're pushing this pro-abortion rhetoric, it is putting this idea in our minds that, hey, death is better than struggling in living form. You know, death is better than being on welfare. You don't want to be on welfare, right? So don't go ahead and have this baby. Don't even put your child through it. It's like, why, again, put forth this negative idea of life upon your child? Why not... Use that as a motivation to um, you know, figure out a life plan for you that is more progressive and more prosperous than what it is currently. So with this with these words that Young Thug has said, I get what he's saying. I think ideally, you know, you wanna bring in a life in which you are mentally stable and financially stable, yada yada yada. But I think in circumstances when that's not always the case, don't make that person who is not living in the best favorable circumstances feel already shitty because now they have a life living inside of them and they don't know what they're going to do. Like, how about we just speak more positivity? You know, Well, how about we just say, look, I know times are rough right now, but we'll figure it out. Things will get better. You know, there are many people who who started off in this circumstance, started off in rough, humble beginnings, but they turned their lives around very well. They were accessed to different resources and they were able to, just make their lives into something more, or more that is favorable. You know, they made lemonade out of lemons. Okay, like there is a way. There is a way, and this world preaches this negative mindset that there is no way. That is doom and gloom forever. That like, you might as well just kill yourself because ain't shit gonna get better. Like <laughs> you might as well kill the baby because you ain't get out of this shit. Like it's just like, damn, what what happened to hope? <laughs> What happened to faith? What happened to working hard and it paying off? What happened to all of that? Like, we're just so quick to be negative, and this will seep into our children. So we really have to be mindful of what we say, what we watch, and what we speak upon the younger generation. All right. Now, (laughs) let's talk about this next topic of love during lockup that is the segment title that i'm giving it because you know we know love after lockup we're familiar of that show but this is this this one's a little different love during lockup is a little different this woman named vicky white she is the assistant director of corrections and she is uh in a relationship, allegedly, with an inmate named Casey White. Whom of no relation. Um, they are fugitives together. They have fled the, the correctional facility. She has assisted him in escaping prison. And now they are out in the abyss together. And let me just tell you this. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I'm here for it. I'm, I don't see a problem. <laughs> now, here's, you know, the tricky side is he's in prison because of capital murder. Now, this is alleged. Who knows if it's true? You know, some people just be in jail for wrong reasons, right? They're falsely accused. <laughs> But I mean, this nigga probably did that shit. So, but let's go ahead and read this um, specific, just the timeline of it all because this has been unfolding for the past few weeks now, and I'm just trying to keep up. There's so many just new development. So these are two white people. If that is not clear, you know, white woman. She is the, like I said, the correctional officer. The assist, like she's a really high position in the facility and she has assisted her lover who happens to be an inmate who happens to have the last the same last name as her um she has assisted him in fleeing the prison so let me go ahead and read some of these words here in the weeks leading up to the disappearance vicky white had sold her home she told co-workers that she was retiring and mentioned plans of going to the beach. On April 29th, she told them she she would be transporting Casey White alone to the courthouse. Now, that's where excuse me. That's where things just definitely, you know, became available for them to finally flee. No one assisted her. Like, there's typically, from what I've seen online, just on TV and different movies and shows, it's not just one officer alone with the inmate. It's two, at least two. So, this was already just a snappoo. So, anyway, she convinced the team that she's going to transport him alone to the courthouse. Hours later, they were both reported missing missing, gone, vanished without a trace. The transport vehicle was found later the same day in Florence, but Casey White and Vicki White haven't been seen since the morning they left the jail. Warrants have been uh, issued for each of them, Casey White for escape and Vicki White for aiding the escape. There is up to $15,000 being offered for anyone who's able to provide them with any info. So this is just (laughs) insane, right? This is insane. This is not the first time this has happened, not with these two people in particular, but I've heard and watched different documentaries of cases in which uh, a correctional officer, which is typically always a female correctional officer who falls in love with an inmate and decides, hey, I'm going to risk it all for you. It's love. Hello? It's love to me. Like what? (laughs) I just see this as an example of going for love at all costs. Choosing love at all costs. Being at risk for love at all costs. Like, you know, it is what the fuck it is. So anyway... Uh, some timeline of these events include a getaway vehicle that they eventually ditched but there's no reports on, of course where they could be. they haven't been found yet. Um, there was no indication of a former relation or of a relationship between them like I guess they made it very, Secretive, of course, and no one suspected anything up until she fled. Up until she fled. So, (laughs) they said Vicky White showed no fear when leaving jail with Casey White. So, you know, the whole excuse of, I was manipulated and he put me you know he put a gun to my head and said if you don't drive this car i'm gonna shoot you like no no no. she was a willing participant she was probably the one who orchestrated everything so you know it is what the fuck it is so (laughs) honestly go for it go to mexico and live your life king and queen like go ahead like at this point so what? So what? Yes, he's accused of capital murder, but that doesn't mean he's going to murder you. Like, come on. People be like, oh, you know, what they say. If you see this man, please hide. Don't try to play hero. This man is very dangerous. Go call the police as soon as you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that's true. Come on. Maybe you murdered someone else. Doesn't mean you're going to murder me. <laughs> I'm so not joking. I feel like ultimately just because you're a murderer doesn't mean you'll murder me. <laughs> okay, stop. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Fuck. Damn. I hope Vicky White doesn't turn up dead. But okay. Okay. Really how I I really do see it as, let them be. Let them be. So what? So what? Like, incarceration is, like, for the birds anyway. Like, what the fuck? Prison should be demolished anyway. So, like, let them be (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Talk about defund the police, you know, demolish the prison system. Okay, when you finally have a case of a man fleeing the prison, you know, facility, Now we mad, but we were just talking about defund the police. What's what's next? If the police is defunded, what's next? There's no one watching the inmate. So, of course, of course, this inmate is going to be able to flee. So what what do you want? You want defund the police and then you want inmates at the same time? Which one? Which one? So anyway, go for it. You know, I am rooting for them. And I hope they go the distance. At the very least, like, I hope a couple of years go by before they're caught. Um, you know, that would suck. You know, she's an older woman. She's going to spend some years in jail in her later years in life. It's just like that That would suck. So I think maybe he probably awakened a love in her that she didn't think she was able to have. Like, I think it's a beautiful love story. It's this? Just- crazy (laughs) I think this is a beautiful love story you can meet your man at any cost (laughs) but yeah um you know I'm just here for it I'm really I'm not joking this part is not a joke this is not a joke I'm so serious but um former inmate on Vicky White she was very sweet and kind that's what they called her um what they say lot they keep on saying Lauderdale so are they saying this happened in Florida because my god Florida is a mess we know she participated this must have been oh okay so she sold her home just 12 days before this before the disappearance um what else Uh, Casey White stayed in touch for two years while he was in state prison. So they had a two-year relationship. Yeah, they had a two-year relationship. Yeah, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. I'm always on the side of love, no matter the circumstance. And I wish them the best. I wish them the best. I think we need to stop, like, stop wasting your tax dollars on things that really don't matter. Focus on, like, abducted children. Talking about, oh, this woman helping an inmate flee prison because she loves him and they are living this life of love together. Like let them be, they got away with it. Obviously your system is not well structured enough. Obviously y'all got some more explaining to do. Blame yourselves. Don't put the blame on this inmate and this CO. I'm so serious. Like that's (laughs) the fuck. Put your resources towards all the black kids that are abducted all of a sudden, huh? Put your resources in structuring the foster care system well enough so that it doesn't feel like a sexual trafficking situation. Let Vicky and Casey White be merry and live. Like, let them live happily. Like, it's okay. Like, sometimes you gotta leave the prison. Sometimes you gotta flee, Let's talk about ready to love. No, I'm, go ahead. Cue the music. Now I'm ready. I'm ready to love. Okay. Joy. 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 I was rooting for you. You know I was. Y'all know I was. Um, yeah, I have to, I have to admit. I am very disappointed. I'm actually very turned off. Not to say, like, she was turning me on, but, like, (laughs) I'm just very disturbed by her behavior. Overall, this reunion episode, part one and part two, have made me look at Joy very different. You know, I supported her in her relationship with Clifton. I was rooting for them. I just wanted them to win, and I hated that. Um, There was so much, like, negative criticism about Clifton and Joy prior to the decision day or whatever. I felt like it was just this, oh, just this hate. Like, you finally see an example of someone really finding a connection and y'all are hating on them. Like, what? Is Isn't this the whole point of the show? Anyway, I was just really much in support of Joy. I really was. And I also just didn't like the whole label put upon her for being desperate or being a pick me or just this, this bullshit ass label that I hate when people do whenever a woman sees the man that she wants and she goes for it. Like that has nothing to do with being desperate or a pick me. Make it, I, I like you. What's up? What are we doing tonight? Huh? Like that's it. That's, that's fucking it. And yeah, so anyway, I, I relate to joy overall. That is really what I'm saying here. Like I relate to her a lot. And in still of that, I am still disappointed of her behavior. Particularly in part two of the reunion episode. Now, in part one, I understand the cringe moments, like when she was rubbing on Eric, supporting him, um, during the time when he and Dakia was having an exchange of words over him inappropriately touching her. Um when joy was laughing when Donovan called the girls golden girls and different moments when it was clear that joy was not fucking with these women, you know, with these women and, um, was clearly making that known to us and to them. And I, I, I can understand to that another person that being strange or just being kind of like fucked up, but I'm also on the position of like I'm gonna fuck. Like I don't care if you're a woman, like I'm still not gonna fuck with you. Like <laughs> hello? Like, um, it doesn't mean anything to me. Like you being a woman doesn't mean that I'm gonna automatically like you. You being a black woman doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> Even still, um, it doesn't guarantee anything is my point. And so I saw that in Joy's behavior, so I supported that because I understood that. And I also now recognize that someone made a comment that the, the reason why they think at least Joy is more of a guy's girl than a girl's girl is due to her upbringing, and it reminded me of what joy said about her upbringing. She was raised by she was raised by her dad and she didn't really talk much of her mother. Like I don't remember much of what she said about her mother. I think her mother wasn't able to take care of her so her dad stepped up. Um and I think her dad passed away recently. Either way, she did not have a healthy relationship with her mom growing up and that shit really cements in in a person's identity it really cements into a young lady's identity it really changes what you could have been I guess just like when a dad is not there for his son um, particularly in his formative years it really changes who you could have been right and Ultimately, yes, you have the choice. You have the free will to to be kind, to be loving, all these things, but I think it takes a moment to get there, especially if you're still in the sp- if you're still in a space of resentment and bitterness. And that's what I saw a lot with Boston Bay. Like he would always use the excuse of which is understandable, but it was still an excuse because I still see it as, well, you have the free will to do better now. Like, you can't change what happened then. And I'm sorry that you went through that. And I'm sorry your father wasn't there for you and he was an addict and yada, yada, yada. But you today now, you have the choice to choose life. You have the choice to thrive. You have the choice to love. And that should be your focus, not the resentment, not the bitterness, not the things that are not uplifting, Again, I, I understand how that's difficult. and if but you have to make a decision yourself. You have to decide who you want to be, right? You have to look in the mirror and say, like if I'm am I okay with being bitter and angry and and dramatic and all these things, no, okay, let me do the work. Let me figure out what the work that needs to be done for me to be better. huh So, with joy being that she, didn't grow up with her mom. She didn't have a strong relationship with her mom, and she adored her father. Her, you know, she had a great a great relationship with him. She probably already had an aversion towards women. And it resulted from her her, her warped relationship with her mother. And it explains so much. And that made me like her even more. <laughs> like I know I I I know you want me to hate her you know all these like just all these people talking about her so negatively I get it but I also again I like to look at the root of things I don't like to just like immediately chalk you up because of what you are presenting yourself as I like to understand the reasons behind it and I feel like being that she shared that history of her upbringing it explains a lot now, yes, it doesn't excuse her shitty ass. Like, I think she was definitely crass in the handling of Dakia. Now, I understand in the sense of, like, look, at this point, my man is my man. And I'll, anyone who's against us, we at war, right? But <sighs> there still should have been a gentleness or just a level of class shown. And her and Clifton handle it poorly. And I think when Clifton is not at all gentle with a woman who he did have a connection with, or he did have a connection with Dakia. Now, his connection with Joy was obviously stronger, and that's okay. But at one point, he was exploring a connection with Dakia. And to make Dakia feel like it was all in her head, and Joy saying that out loud, it was all in your head. Like, no, girl. You watch these videos, like the videos that they show us as viewers of the of the program, they're watching it as well on the couch. They're watching that edit. They're watching that package. That's what they call it. So the joy is seeing that yet she is still choosing to not accept the fact that. Oh, Clifton was exploring a connection with another woman. Now, just because Joy wasn't exploring a connection with another man and she was already so gun ho on Clifton, she just can't accept the fact that Clifton was experiencing this journey as the journey that is designed to be, to date a couple of people at a time and figure out what connection is worth pursuing the most. So that is a hard pill to swallow so I understand like dang uh, th- these videos are showing Clifton you know flirting heavily with Dakia and look at her in her eye going on dates with her like that's that's not easy to accept I get that I get that joy but I think in those moments instead of insulting Dakia's intelligence Right, because you, you, she was, a, she was essentially insulting Dakia's intelligence and making her feel like she made it up, like it was all in her head. That's an, that's an insult to my intelligence. I would feel like. So instead of doing that, what Joy could have done was like, you know what? I see how you felt that Clifton owed you an apology or an explanation. I can understand that, and I wish he would have said that. I wish it would have been a clear and clean end um, rather than the way that it ended. So I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry that it was done this way. Like, I think it could have just been handled with care and gentleness. Like, ultimately, you got the man, girl. Like, Joy, you got him. Clifton is yours, right? Allegedly. Um... So, like, what you have with him is cemented, right? Like, you should feel secure enough in your relationship with him to now be at this reunion show and to look at things from the perspective of a woman who is now with the man that she desired and he has chosen her um, to be okay with having the conversation of, yes, at one point, Clifton was exploring whatever it could be with Dakia, but you know what made it better? He still chose you at the end of the day. So like, she Joy could have settled in that in that reality. Like, okay, yeah, he he did flirt with Dakia. Yeah, they went a couple days, and yeah, he flirted with her and he looked at her up and down. And I don't think they kissed, so that's good. But I think Joy could have left that reunion with better with class period because better indicates that she had some class and throughout episode one and two of the reunion show she did not display that at all and you know me I'm a classy woman okay I really am just through and through you know so it disturbs me to see a woman like Joy who I resonate with present herself in a manner that was De class classe at the very least it was very de class classe so my heart went out to dakia and i was sad that she cried but you know i think dakia is really just a hey like she's up forward she's very mature you could tell she's very mature and she's not someone who's like rah 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 and i think she was she felt very vulnerable in that moment and just it just kind of hurt like damn like i know i have a man she said she has a man right now a boyfriend right now and that's cool but at one point, I did like this man, and now he's just making it seem like this never really happened. Like, that's the worst thing in the world, to really think to yourself, like, was this ever a relationship? <laughs> like, what? That's just crazy. So, yeah, Joy, Joy showed her ass. She absolutely did. I think Clifton showed his ass as well. He could have been a better man in that moment and handled Dakia with grace. You know, yes, you chose Joy, and your heart is with her, and you gave her a key to your home or <laughs> whatever it is, but you could have still gave it – you you could have still explained yourself and gave Dakia the courtesy that she deserved. You could have did that. That was fucked up. And it just – unfortunately, it makes it seem like, hey – the way that you dogged out the Kia could be the same way you dog out joy. And you know, I don't like th- believing in that either the whole like, oh, if he cheated on you, he'll cheat on her. No, if he cheated on her, he'll cheat on you. No, fuck he won't. <laughs> Let me drink this water. Hold on. I don't believe that. I just I again, I don't like to stay in negative headspaces. Like Yes, that marriage ended because of infidelity. But does that guarantee him being an infidel to me? No! (laughs) I don't know. I just, you know, it, it is what the fuck it is. But, yeah, anyway, how did I get there? But I think Clifton definitely could have been a better man in that moment. Joy could have been a better woman in that moment. And they could have you know, again, I'm not all I'm not this whole, you know, all for women, you know, fuck women. (laughs) Women Ah, y'all maybe (laughs) like it comes off that I really don't fuck with women like that. I don't. No, no, no. I do, but then I don't, right? I'm very like quality of a quantity. Like I'm not gonna have like, oh, I just wanna have a group of girlfriends just to have a group of girlfriends. Like, no, if I'm calling you my friend, I really mean that shit. Like, it really means a lot to me. So, I don't call everyone that, you know. And I feel kind of weird saying you're an acquaintance. Like, hey, you're an acquaintance. (laughs) But, I mean, that is, like, we got to use our words, right? That's a a word. And it's applicable. It's no shot to you. Like, not everyone's my fucking friend. And that's okay. Like, it doesn't mean that you're my enemy. It doesn't mean I don't fuck with you. It just means that we haven't developed a friendship in which I could call you a friend. Like... (laughs) We 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 not that cool be like I don't talk to you like that. I don't trust you with my heart yet. Like we haven't had moments in which I felt like there is a level of trust present and that I could be fragile to you and you won't hurt my fragility. This is friend that I I don't fucking know. It's weird. I don't want to talk about her because she may listen. I don't it might be weird, but I just feel like sometimes when um, like, these, like, seasonal friendships, like, like, <laughs> I don't know how to talk about it, because I don't know, I don't know if she still listens, but it's just weird, like, you know, you, you. anyway, maybe just not talk about it, but I, I, when I call people a friend, it really means, like, I really mean that shit, I don't just call any old body that, and it really means something, so I think, ultimately, when you present yourself as someone who, really I keep on farting oh my gosh I'm so sorry I don't know if you guys hear anything and I shouldn't even said that but I'm just like letting it loose but I think ultimately when you know friendship means importance to me I just recently started talking to my old college best friend like I literally just reached out to her she just came in my mind I'm like you know what let me just like send her a text And I did, and she responded, and we were just like talking for like a good old couple of hours one day, a couple of days ago, just talking about everything and anything, like you know, how you doing, you know, mental health, all this stuff, because she was going through a lot emotionally and mentally, and she is so much, she is in a better place now, and I'm just so happy to hear that, but like we kind of faded, we faded away in our friendship, after college kind of just went our separate ways just wasn't you know in each other's minds or in each other's sight really which is unfortunate but you know things happen and i'm just happy that we're able to reach out to each other and it just be like hey like hey girl like hey like it's good so that made me feel like okay we're we're friends we're good Like, <laughs> because i've always been this whole well, if you're out of sight, you're out of mind. Guess we're not friends anymore, type of thing. When it shouldn't have to be that way. Like just because I don't see you every day doesn't mean that we don't have a friendship. Like a friendship doesn't have to always look like I see you every day or I see you a couple times a week situation. Like that's just not that's not realistic. You know, not every one of your friends will live in the same city, same state, same country as you, and that's okay. And that could still be your friend. Like y'all could still be. friends. In my head, I was just always like, well, I guess we're just not friends anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm happy that we are. I'm happy that we are. So, that's that's cool. Um, But, yeah, the other friend I was talking about, I just think sometimes, like, when friends suddenly just don't talk to you anymore, and it's more like an out of sight. It's not even like an out of sight, out of mind situation. It's just like, this friend in particular, she... Is typically like out and about, like not really in the area, but before when she was in the area, we'll link up, catch up, whatever. And apparently she has been in the area and hasn't reached out to me at all. And I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's weird. Um, my birthday, you know, came and gone. And I remember like, Oh wait, she never said anything to me. It's just like this weird energy. And I just feel like, what the fuck? Like what the fuck, man? Like why can't you communicate? You know, I just I've come a point in in my life when I just don't like weirdo shit. Like either we good or we not. And if we're not good, at least communicate why, right? Like at the very least we didn't have a fallout, right? There was no like moment that took place in which me and her just, you know, argue and call each other out of our names, you know, like literally just stop talking. And it was excusable in my head because, well, she was out of sight, out of mind. But now that she is in sight, like in the same area, it's like, okay, girl, remember when you first moved here and we hung out like all the time? What the fuck happened to that? I don't know. It's just this weird energy shit. Like, I don't understand that. It's just weird. I don't like weirdo shit. Like, stop being a fucking weirdo, dog. Anyway, moving forward, Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, not from power. <laughs> the, the, the hosts are ready to love. I think with Tommy, he did show some bias towards the men rather than the women. Or just like, you know, you shouldn't be biased at all. Um, So Tommy, he was more lenient on Eric swearing at Dakia, Yet when Precious was cussing, he was holding her to the fire. Now, here's the difference, though. (laughs) The way, uh, what's his name, Eric swore, he said fucking... They cussed him, like, they blurted it out, but, like, he said it one time. I mean, like, the guys wasn't, like, cussing the way that Precious was. Like, Precious has a way about her that's very heavy. Like, she has a heavy presence. You know, her speech is heavy. Her tone is heavy. Like, it's just, like, heavy. So if she's not in a good mood, if she is going off on you it feels heavier than it would coming from a sabrina right like sabrina who's petite and you know cute ooh, cute sabrina right it's not going to feel aggressive and i know you can't put that word on black women but bitch Prussia was being she was being aggressive like <clears throat> cut the shit like coming on come on like i get it like i do see how tommy <clears throat> excuse me my throat I do see how Tommy came off not as – just how, as strong as a host should be. I feel like he could have been better in asking questions, um, especially in particular when Joy said it was all in your head to Dakia. Tommy should have been like, nah, Joy, it was – pretty obvious that clifton had a connection with the kid why would you say that look at the clip like he could have held her to the fire but he just kind of laid back and he has tommy has this, this kind of cool guy <laughs> i'm dumb man. I'm. it's just kind of like okay i know you're like a media personality and you're a comedian i guess i think he's a comedian but like sit the fuck up and ask appropriate questions like really do a better job, do a better job, sit up, like, come on, dog, like, at one point, I want to see, you know, Andy Cohen is unfortunately, I I do want to say unfortunately, because it's like, why a white man got to be the best at leading and facilitating conversations amongst black populated castmates on shows? Like, why can't there be a black man doing that well and better than Andy Cohen? You know, who's a white man, in case you guys don't know. You know, or why can't a black woman be in that position and do a damn good job at it? And so much so where she is at the same level as Andy Cohen, if not better. So when we see Tommy sitting back, laxing, and just, he's just there to show off his suits and his fresh, you know, fit. It's like, okay, dude, but can you really host this fucking show? Because I got questions. And he could have did a better job in that Joey and Dakia and Clifton situation. So ultimately, you know, I think Precious definitely was high or drunk. <laughs> so she probably wasn't high or drunk. I think she definitely was valid in feeling the way that she did. I think she could have did a better job. Again, it's about being classy, y'all. Like, there's a way to get your point across without cussing, without popping off at the lip. Like you, you could be more effective than you realize when you really speak with the clarity and precision that you can speak without using cuss words, without you know putting your hands in someone's face, without. Getting up, getting all rowdy, like, you could cuss someone down, trust and believe. You could cuss someone down with being just a classy person that you are. You could do a damn good job at it. And I get it. There's, there's no, like, comparison to saying fucking bitch. Like, maybe you could add that towards the end. But I think, ultimately, if, you're, if your comeback, if your shady comment is always filled with, um... Cuss words and just below the belt statements, then you lack creativity. That's really what it is. You lack creativity. Anyway, let's end it here. I want to end this episode talking about why again I'm in support of Casey and Vicky White. I feel like <laughs> we should just leave this case alone. Let them be together. So what So what? She assisted an inmate in fleeing prison. So what? Let them be. Like, it's okay. He, I'm sure he served enough time in prison. Like, did did he really need to serve 20 years to fulfill his sentence? So what? Okay, he served 15. That's enough. Let him go. Let it go. All right, guys. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built this Pod. God bless.